Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. I'm Byzantia Harlow, a visual artist and the creator and host of The Silver Stream. For today's episode, I'm joined by Hayley Kuunani, aka Thou Alone. Hayley is an interdisciplinary artist and intuitive sound healing practitioner. Her work is a spiritual practice and uses a range of different mediums, such as blackout poetry, photography and collage. Currently, she mainly focuses on music and sound. Drawing inspiration from astrology, numerology, quantum physics, existentialism and eros. Thou Alone's continuous body of work is entitled Melodic Incantations, which are sonic spells serving as an interpretation of either the astrological or numerological influences, including affirmation-based lyrics and sound healing techniques throughout. So good to speak to you today, Hayley. Um, maybe you could start by letting us know about any interesting astrological aspects for May. So I wanted to touch on the eleven eleven activation we'll be having. Um, so the North Node, which is in the sign of Gemini, is at 11 degrees and Mercury will be making its way, sitting exactly on top in a nice little conjunction on the 11th of May. It's a super red transit that happens every 18 years and can transform the ways in which we think as Mercury rules communication. Uh, Mercury is like super analytical, so we'll be analysing our reality around us, our environment, people, circumstances, um, and it's just a really good time to have conversations, create relationships, as Venus will be following suit just a couple days after. Um, also, I guess things to be mindful of is that Gemini rules the mind, communication. So if we're not kind of prepared for this energy or if we get a little bit swept up, it can create a lot of nervousness. So how we channel and process this excess energy is going to be really important. So every month you do like a sound bath um on zoom you've been doing it through lockdown and you create a new melodic incantation for the kind of astrological aspects that are going on in the month and i think you've got may's melodic incantation for us to listen to it is in the key of g major um and it features a g major and a d major triad which is really good for regulating blood pressure sleep creativity expressing feelings inspiration um clarity of consciousness and feeling strong 
are those particular things that people need to kind of get into for the May for the astrology then? For the astrology and numerologically, it is the one month. So it's all about new beginnings, initiations with the karmic transits of the North Node. This is like Mm. every 18 years. This is a really fresh start that we can Mm. be experiencing. So I tried to put it all in the song. So our fascination with the stars is very, very ancient. Prehistoric cultures erected megaliths. Some believe these stone monuments were actually used by the Druids within rituals. um, And others have suggested they were erected in alignment with the sun, the moon and the stars. It's accepted as a fact that the earth was formed from the stars around it and that we contain stardust within us too. And planetary scientist Dr. King states that nearly all the elements in the human body were made in a star. It's also considered possible that the hydrogen which makes up 10% of our bodies originated in the Big Bang. So we contain the traces of our creation within us. And for as long as humanity has existed, we've been really searching the skies for external guidance. But I kind of believe that what we were looking for was actually within us all along. Um, and that astrology can be like one of the many tools to look at the aspects of our lives and make changes and reshape our destiny to this effect. And actually we met um, through Instagram, but we met and then we kind of collaborated together on something that I did. So basically I have like a practice as an artist, but then I also have an interlinked practice as a psychic. And we collaborated on something for my YouTube channel, which was also shown as well within a gallery. And this was a special Samhain kind of celebration, which is what we kind of refer to as Halloween. I created this spell to transform any situation where I made this kind of ceramic vessel and then people in the gallery could actually put a piece of paper into the ceramic vessel of what it is that they want to transform and then I burnt all of the uh, things they wanted to transform under the full moon in my garden in the ceramic vessel and that kind of completed the spell work but there was a separate kind of element to it (laughs) which is where you come in which was there was this melodic spell work that you created this ritual was drawing on our ancestors, Lord Samhain, the changing seasons, but also Jung, the psychoanalyst's understanding of this kind of alchemical container as a space for transformation for the collective unconscious. Um, And you made some musical spell work using the key of D minor to reflect times of change. My process to making these like melodic incantations is using improvised vocal toning. So that is using vowel sounds, A, E, I, O, U, uh, um, in different like little melodies and just layering them. They correspond to different energetic centers, such as like the heart, the solar plexus um, and the third eye, which I all used in this track um, to kind of serve as a sonic activation and shine a light on these energetic centers within us. Thank you. 
there's a really nice quote from Paul Levy in Dispelling Wetico. Creative artists are liberating the creative spirit of the cosmos, an act they could only accomplish with the blessing of the very creative spirit which they serve. And I think we've spoken in the past about how we're kind of connecting into something when we're like creating an artwork or doing this kind of spiritual practice and how it's a very similar process. I mean, I think art and creativity, that's that's the juge, you know, it's, it's the mana, the chi the uh the ultimate creation energy um so to be able to find a medium in which you can channel that is really magical in terms of your kind of output do you see you have like a kind of interaction with like a higher spiritual plane or whatever or like the collective unconscious or call it whatever you will with something kind of bigger that you can tap into and then others can tap into through experiencing your your sound work or I might say through experiencing my artworks or in my tarot reading or whatever and it becomes then this kind of transformational space and this transitional space where it's kind of something outside of ourselves where people can experience something and then have a kind of process of transformation even if it's just in the temporary moment of listening or because I think it's all about creating this container for a transformative experience for me as an artist and I think there's something about what you do that is similar which is why I kind of wanted to collaborate with you because I think we were doing it um, in different ways but for the same kind of thing and I just yeah I wondered what you if you thought anything about that I agree totally um I guess my approach is like radical self-honesty um which also you touch on in in your work as well it's like really kind of addressing the shadows and having that like rock and roll vulnerability um because even though like it feels kind of like we're so isolated especially after pandemic tm we've experienced um it's that strange kind of dichotomy of like we're alone together so even though the like manifestations of how we experience things like it's a very universal experience so plato has that has the theory of eros um which is kind of like the expression of the of the divine um and eros is like usually associated with like sexual love but it doesn't necessarily mean it's like purely lustful or sexual in nature. It's kind of like the appre- the appreciation of expression of creation. Um, and it works to invoke a sort of remembrance within like the soul or the spirit and just activating this. Yeah, just remembering who you are by indulging in that moment, which I just feel whenever I went to go to visit art in person or listen to a new album or anything it is eros like in real time um i guess it's yeah it's um understanding truth for our own selves i am going to share a song called particle in the wave i released this on my ep last year in 2020 um inspired by Niels Bohr's The Particle Theory Physicist um, and all about being 
both the particle and the wave at the same time. I wanted to correlate this to kind of the emotional experience and referencing electric universe theory. So in the lyrics you'll you'll hear it, it's quite a surreal experience, but uh, one of the lyrics is disassociate neutrality state. I am both the particle and the wave. So it kind of goes, touches on uh, being this like multi-dimensional person. I'm made of both shadow and light. I'm a particle and a wave. So here it is. The physicist Alvin um, is the founder of plasma physics or the like plasma cosmology. Um, and that is all about how our universe has no beginning, no end. It's the multiverse um, and is filled with plasma, which is um, electromagnetic forces. So everything is organized matter in these dark matter electrical electromagnetic forces um i guess also a nice way to kind of interpret plasma is like when we cut ourselves um and then you, you get you get like the kind of clear liquid when it's not quite blood and that is also called plasma it's this translucent liquid before it turns into the scab to heal it's the electrical impulses and enzymes of our cells. It's that constant process of birth, death, decay, rebirth. Uh, there is no beginning. There is no end. Just what is right now. There's a really nice quote from The Black Sun, The Alchemy and Art of Darkness by Stanton Marlin that I think kind of links here. Um, I'll quote from it now. Psychologically, there is a nourishment in wounding. When psychological blood flows, it can dissolve hardened defences. This then can be the beginning of true productivity. In dreams, the imagery of blood often connotes moments where real feelings and change are possible. Jung refers to the descent into darkness as Nikaia. Jung uses this Greek word to designate journey to Hades, a descent into the land of the dead. This is kind of on the Jungian notion of the nigrado and shadow work, which is kind of what you were saying that I'm very interested in as well. And it's like this idea of delving into both aspects of self. So not just like the light, but also the darkness and kind of using these polarities to unify your energies within yourself. And I think that's what I guess I feel like that's what you're speaking about, about this kind of radical self-honesty and stuff, because you're very much not someone who's like interested in spirituality in a kind of um, toxic positivity way. You're very much about demystifying spiritual practice and demystifying sound healing and all of these things. And I find that like really interesting. Yes, I just don't believe in like gatekeeping or claiming or, you know, appropriating. It's like we're all, we're just, we're just dusty, you know, we're just cosmic dust. There was something else I wanted to mention um, about Eros. So it's neither purely human or purely divine, um, but it's kind of in the middle. And it's interesting because touching on the whole shadow work and 
in the community of like oh i'm lighted like oh you're a demon and i'm an angel they're actually called daemons so daemon is neither human nor purely divine and it's really i love how it just links back to like are we in purgatory are we in heaven and hell third dimension one dimension bbc4 i don't know um and also i just love how it kind of relates to because it's neutral daemon even though it has these like connotations of like demon dark energy but the universe is just like dark matter it's like plasma it's neither here nor there so I don't know why there's always this like dichotomy of things being like oh I only strive towards the light or the dark or whatever and what about your um your name decode that for us talking of demystification <laughs> uh, thou alone um was born from my kind of like first major project um, so I found this 15th century Christian novel at Oxfam in the like free section and I was like going through my own inner the spiritual community like to call it like a dark night of the soul um, and I've always like liked I appreciate religion I don't know if I agree with it but I like I like it in theory. Um, so I was like, oh, what if I rewrite this novel? <laughs> um, it's called Of the Imitation of Christ by Thomas A. Kempis. So then I rewrote it as Blackout Poetry as another imitation of Christ because I wanted to draw on the whole like embodying Christ consciousness. We are Christ. Christ died for our sins. Um, also just how it kind of like plays on how westernized everything is and when you like actually read it you're like yo this is dark like this is so mean <laughs> like everything is like so mean um to everyone so uh it's more about like finding your own truth and the kind of quote that stuck out to me was thou alone most powerful thou alone most full thou alone thou alone thou alone when will it be fully granted for me to be free and it's kind of draws on this whole I was really into Nietzsche at the time I was like obsessively like reading and watching all these Nietzsche things and it just reminded me of the will to power and how we kind of just create our own reality we we say what we say it is and how we use our energy can be used to create or destroy so yeah it's um how energy is kind of like transformed um, which is also just to bring it back to astrology, which I really like because you'd look at like your Mars placement for the way that you drive and express your determination, will and energy. The will to power is basically Mars. Um, so you can every, you know, sign will have its shadow elements and its light elements. So how I view the will to power is like, how do I express my Mars energy and in what what medium can I put that in? Uh, Thou Alone was also super inspired by one of my favourite authors, Charles Bukowski. Very much who I was into during my Dark Night of the Soul. So here is a clip of him on being alone. There's nothing that you, that you want that you don't have right now, is there really? I mean, you don't think about things like that. You don't want to sail, but... Missing now... 
is more privacy than I'd like. I would like to be alone more than I am. Like the phone rings too often. There's a, too many cameras and all that, and I kind of accept it, but it's not me. When these things are gone, I go back to the room and I become myself again. Oftentimes, I'll pull down all the shades like I used to and just lay down in the room for five or six hours just alone. Just lay in that bed and get something back, some kind of juice. Just being away from people is one of the most marvelous fulfillments a man like me can have. Just the absence of humanity is a fulfillment so graceful that even God would understand if he invented them. I think what we're talking about today is like how we individually interconnect with something bigger and interconnect with each other, but also have our kind of free will, how it all fits together and how we can still have an element of control over these kind of forces. That's what astrology is all about, right? It's about like okay, we're all affected by transits or whatever, but also how can we use this as a tool um, for like translating these things to giving ourselves um, some kind of semblance of control when we feel like we are don't have control maybe. If you think of someone like Chani Nicholas, it's all about kind of using astrology to topple systems of patriarchy and like how we shouldn't let the retrograde affect the postal vote and all of these things and it's kind of like turned on its head to then be empowering but it's still dealing with this idea of like fate and free will i think it's a really useful kind of tool to use to increase you know self-awareness and because yeah to go back to what we were quoting earlier like we're just we're dusty we're just all this dust and we're just variables of all these little particles everywhere the next track i'd like to share is my melodic incantation from the new moon in pisces and the new moon in pisces was on the 13th of march um and the theme of it was to kind of like call in anything that been inspiring um since last september and it will be in influence until this september of 2021 um i wanted it to have a increasing creativity protocol i use with the crystal singing bubbles as well as a g major triad throughout um i've tried to make it quite like psychedelic proggy primal um because it's very easy for us to entrain to the message it's like using the repetition and I also used uh, an assortment of percussion such as my little bell tambourine cha-cha seeds catalpa pod seeds and mother of pearl shells to give that kind of human earth magic quality to it the bass and the electric guitar looping also adds to the journey quality of the track it's very subtle but effective in the old brainwave entrainment department so here it is
there's a really nice bit of a Chani Nicholas quote where she says, astrology can change people's lives in so much as people are willing to do the work that is necessary for them to change their own life. So astrology can, again, give us that reflection that maybe nobody has. So that's kind of interesting. Yes, I think. absolutely. I think also like we just don't know anything. Like we 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 think we know mm. things, but we don't know anything. So whether you like use mm-hmm. astrology or the Bible or anything else, like they're all prompts, right? So we have the choice to see mm. what prompts we want to use. Mm. It is this idea of like, how can I create a system that makes me feel a little bit more in control? I think it is anyway. And I think in the pandemic, the reason that so many, I had so many clients wanting tarot readings. I mean, it is an amazing tool, but also it was a time when more than ever we felt powerless. So people were looking to people like artists or tarot readers to create like an alternative vision or an alternative answer or answer some kind of questions or create some kind of transitional transformative space where they could actually process these things. And I imagine also therapists were never busier, (laughs) but you know, like, all of those people we kind of came into our own maybe a little bit it's interesting yeah I think also it's interesting to just share it a bit more freely now um because that wasn't really wasn't really cool to talk about things like that before whereas I think global trauma Mm. has that effect on being like oh maybe I'll be vulnerable now maybe I will talk about this so you have quite a varied practice, but at the moment you're very much into sound. So I'm wondering, like, why why sound? I think I, sound is just so powerful um, and becoming a complementary therapist in sound has just, like, switched everything up. Um, it's the only sense that we can't, like, stop, even if we, like, put earplugs in to an extent what our brain is always processing auditory information which I just think is like mind-blowing I also it's just it's OG it's so esoteric like (laughs) that's like the primary reason that I love it so much so uh man like Pythagoras is like focused on he had this uh, theory of the music of the spheres so it's all about um each celestial body has a pitch and it correlates to music theory. So um, the physicist Kepler was able to make a uh, just like an equation from Pythagoras's work. So one of the quotes which I'll mention now is, there is a geometry in the humming of the strings, there is music in the spacing of the spheres. Um, so Kepler mm. made this equation, he figured it all out. Um, it actually came down to um, not really so much the specific pitch that each, you know, planet would admit, but it's more about the harmonic relation to it. So in terms of like bringing it back to my artistic practice, it's not so much like I can play a C note and it will correlate to the root. Like that's some of it um, in one of the teachings of sound healing but it's more about what it makes us feel and how we relate to what the music is and what's prompted in us in like a physical way mental way emotional way spiritually covers all the planes that we can 
talk about. There is this physicist, his name's Stefan Alexander. So we're going to play a clip because he describes Kepler and just everything far more eloquently than I can right now. <laughs> so here it is. <laughs> Astronomy, the very birth, going back to the Pythagoreans, 580, 540 BC, they actually thought at the birth of astronomy that the universe played a harmony. They call it harmony of the spheres. That all the planets were playing this harmony. And in the 1600s, the first astrophysicist, we have seen a picture of him here, Johannes Kepler, in order to come up with the three laws of planetary motion, of the elliptical motion of all the planets, Kepler actually went back to the Pythagorean thinking of a musical universe. And how he figured this out was very interesting. What we're seeing here is the sun and a planet going around an elliptical orbit. And at the perihelion, where the planet is closest to the sun, here's the sun, the planet's closest to the sun, he measured the velocity, or the velocity was actually measured. Furthest from the sun, he measured the velocity and he took the ratios of those velocity and assigned a musical note to, every, to that ratio. And he did that for all the planets and came up with the scales. And through that musical thinking, he transported that into his equations. So the Kepler's three laws are still used to launch satellites into outer space and keep satellites in orbits and to still study the motion of planets today. They're still correct. Because of the immense pressure of the sun, the, the, um, the immense pressure forces thermonuclear fusion to transmute light elements into heavy elements. So a star is a region or a factory that produces elements, heavy elements, like carbon. If a star does not produce carbon, there would not be life as we know it, because we, we, we need carbon for our DNA. So the question is, it turns out, if you tweak the laws of physics, these forces, the strengths, by a few percent, a star could never make carbon. So it's like the universe is like a perfectly fine-tuned instrument, such that if it was any different, if those laws are any different, it would not produce the stuff necessary for life. A star is what produces the stuff. So we're really made up of stardust. The universe was more than just harmony of the sphere. What if the universe was like a jazz solo? So in a jazz solo, as you heard these wonderful young people play, you need two things to happen. You need a rhythm section, and what usually happens is that this rhythm section, this rhythm repeats itself like a cycle. And you have a harmony, and that harmonic structure repeats itself as well. And every time that repetition happens, the improviser, the soloer gets to try different things, gets to improvise different ideas. So, what if the universe was like something like that? So instead of having one bang, the idea is that you have an infinite succession of bangs. The universe, our past universe, expanded, contracted into a bang, expanded and contracted again, and every time it did that, the universe had an opportunity to solo different laws of nature. So with this idea, because that's what physicists we do, we have an idea, as crazy as it is, 
And then we start putting some equations behind it. So we turn back to Mr. Einstein, we go back to his equations, and we find, me and my colleagues, that the equations actually work out to actually say that. There is um, a really nice clip by Jill Purse, who is the female pioneer of like British sound healing. Um, and it's all about how people would come together back in the day to a sacred space based on the sun and the moon and with the community to use those moments to tune into themselves and into one another. So it's all about just putting everything into relation to time, place and creating that space of the divine. So here it is. It partakes of physical and non-physical and this is its secret. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I realized that, uh, that there were uh, ways of using the voice which uh, were one of the easiest ways of transforming and becoming clear, entering into a state of clarity and emptiness, mm -hmm. being present, uh, which we needed to have available mm -hmm. to us. We typically use our voices, I suppose, <coughs> for naming things or, or for conversing, and rarely do we emphasize the voice I I as a way of being in the world. Well, this is something which is very unique to here and now, and this is, this is really one of the main reasons that I use it. Tradition, in every other tradition, every other time, people came together at particular moments, uh, moments when the sun and moon were in a certain relationship with the earth. Um, they would come together to their sacred place, their local magical uh, hill or stream or tree or wherever was the sacred place. They would come there and they would come there with their family, with their tribe, with their neighbors, their close villagers, wh whoever. And at these, uh, these important moments in time, they would tune together. And they would tune, first of all, they would tune themselves by chanting so that they remained healthy. They would tune themselves in relation to their close associates, neighbors, friends, and relatives. In other words, the people that they lived with, mm -hmm. worked with. They would then tune all of those in relation to the time, in relation to the place, and most important of all, in relation to the divine. Sort of like an orchestra tuning up, preparing Absolutely. to play. Uh -huh. No, very different. Ah. Not preparing to play another time, but playing now in this place. That's the main difference. What we do now is we come together to practice for another time for other people to listen to us playing somebody else's music, which has no relation to mm -hmm. the divine, has no relation to the place, and we are rehearsing for something else. In other words, it would be as if people came to a concert to hear the orchestra tune up. That would be the concert. Exactly. And they would tune with the orchestra ah. in the place. And that pl the place they came to would, uh, and the time they came, would all be part of it. That, it sounds so intriguing and yet so alien at the same time. It's, n it's not alien. From between 900 and 1600 AD, mm -hmm. all over Christendom, the entire Christian world, at exactly the same time, went to their sacred places because they were then assimilated into Christianity. All the sacred moments that were assimilated to the festivals of Christianity, they would come together, they would tune up the whole Christian world, singing exactly the same uh, um, uh, hymns, chanting the same psalms, intoning the same prayers at the same moment for 700 years. And we lost that. We stopped when, when, when uh, humanism was democratized, when God was declared dead, when, when the mother became dead matter. We, we lost it 
we nobody people stopped going to church, mm -hmm. and whatever you may think about going to church, uh, that was the way it had come to be in the Western world. How do you feel about how sound healing works? Do you believe that it's like the vibration or like what what is it? Is it just creating this space? Um, it works on so many levels, um, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Um, it's all about how our brain interprets everything and it kind of goes back to kind of like shadow work and light work and how our body is an instrument as well. Uh, there's this really beautiful T.S. Eliot quote, which is music heard so deeply that it is not heard at all, but you are the music while the music lasts. So um, throughout a sound healing session, there is about 10 minutes silence towards the end before I like bring everyone back. And that is exactly why you are the music. And that's where all of our processing happens through that period of silence. So even though there's a lot of sound going on, it's taking the time to listen to our own symphony inside of us. There is another quote um, by one of my favorite artists, Tom Waits. Um, and he said, what you want is for music to love you back. That's why you pay your dues, a.k.a. the sound healing session. <laughs> uh, you want to feel like you belong and are part of the symbiosis, metamorphosis, or whatever you want to call it. So it is kind of that whole connect to self, to connect with everybody else. You're alone in the fact that you aren't alone ever on this rock. Um, also, uh, I found a nice little clip um, about Tom Waits talking about how music is for everyone and its expression in its truest form. It's a pure uh, form of expression and it's a very simple one. And it's one that anyone can do. Any, you don't have to have a lot of gear. You can do, you can do it on a drum. Kids write thousands of songs before they learn to talk. Everybody has music that they just have to try and get out. The next melodic incantation I wanted to share was for the full moon in Virgo, which happened on the 27th of February. Um, and it's all about ways we can balance creating order and surrendering to the process. Um, kind of this push-pull we've been experiencing between restriction and freedom. So I made this more of like a spoken word piece. I used a timpani drum to spell out the word release using Morse code, um, crotchet for the dot and a quaver for the dash um, to drum in and entrain us into kind of like grounding ourselves, reflecting and releasing what no longer serves us. I like the contrast between the like childlike and innocent synth droplet sounds um, compared to the timpani thunder-esque sounds. It's like quite deep. Um, and for the hook, I used... Um, the old Victorian wedding rhyme, something old, something new, something borrowed and something blue as a play on words relating to themes of this full moon and kind of like a vow to self as a thou alone, most powerful and being our own divine partner.
in To Run Wild in It, an experimental novella about tarot that was published in 2018 by David Keenan, there's a quote, when someone says they don't believe in magic, ask them if they believe in art. Ask them if they believe in an invisible power, which they have no way of proving has any sort of objective existence whatsoever, and yet is capable of transforming the world and the persons in it forever. Um, maybe this is a good moment for us both to pull <laughs> a tarot card to see what energies we get around the month of May. I'm going to use my Major Arcana Alchemical Tarot deck that I made myself. Oh, so I got the Sun card. That's really good energy. And weirdly, that's like um, in my deck, it's because my deck is like an alchemical take on the tarot. I made it in collaboration with my father, who's a Jungian psychoanalyst. But in our deck, it's all about the Heros Gamos, which is the sacred union of opposites, which is very twin flame energy, this 1111 portal. So that's crazy that it came out. I'm going to read from the accompanying guide. So... The alchemical process is the Haros Gamos, the uniting of dark and light, sun and moon, the sacred marriage, the merging of opposites. In the Haros Gamos, the king and queen are depicted with the sun and moon sharing a bed, performing sexual acts. As a result of their mating, they become one and are transformed. And this is about the, the masculine and feminine energies which we have within all of us. We have these opposites. So it's not really gender specific, it's about energy. The primary purpose of the sacred marriage is that two equals twin souls a husband and wife reunite through the heros gamos in short the heros gamos or sacred marriage was a marriage of twin equal complementary souls but it basically talks of psychic growth transformation and the emergence of psychological truth because the sun card is always about illumination so that's very interesting with what you said about the 1111 portal uh what card did you get so the card that i picked is sarutapiko no kami which is the um deity of the wind and it's interesting because because of course wind and speaking communication very very gemini very may so the i'm going to read from the little booklet it says run like the wind and feel the sensation on, in the soles of your feet the wind i will blow in the direction you are headed wind also flows through your body now you must cast aside all reservation and doubt and trust your intuition your body knows do not think Listen to your body and when you make that first step. So it's all about action, instinct. If you pick this card, it could be that you are struggling to take the first step in an activity you wish to pursue. Follow your intuition. If you're hesitating, what is it that you're afraid of? Face up to your fear and you might be surprised when you realized it wasn't such a big deal. And then the last line, <laughs> matching with the uh, Venus conjunct North Node, um, is... Sarutobiko no Kami is also a god of romance together with Ame no Uzami no Mikoto and will attract a desired encounter like Comic Relationships 1111. Uh, you could be in for a bit of romance. Thanks so much for joining me today. How can people find out more about what you do? Uh, so you can find me at thoualone.com or you can follow me on Instagram at thoualone. Thanks so much for joining me. And yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Thank you so much for having me and take care.